Let's go to Yesterday USA with Perry Huntoon, John Gassman, myself, and Walden Hughes as we do part seven of our salute to the Andrew sisters. Well, we are going to wrap it up tonight. This is going to be our farewell to the Andrew sisters. Uh, rather sadly, I mean, it seems like we could go on forever, and with the number of recordings they did, we probably could have, but you've got to limit it some way. So we're going to do the uh, last decade of their uh, recording career. And it's going to pick up about three years after we left off uh, last month. Because if you remember, uh, their last recordings for Decca were in 1953, after which the sisters decided to split up and Patty wanted to go off as a single. And she did. And she uh, recorded for Capitol. But uh, her efforts as a solo singer only met limited success. Uh, the record-buying public much preferred the trio. And uh, the sister decided, hey, they wanted to sing together again. And uh, there's a very famous photo that was taken in Maxine's kitchen on Patty's 38th birthday, where they were shown burying the hatchet, literally, into a large birthday cake. So they uh, got back on the scene. They went back to Las Vegas, entertaining the crowds. And of course, they wanted to record. So they signed with Capitol uh, Records for a series of recordings. And we're going to go back uh, to their very first recording session for Capitol, which was in September 1956, September 18th to be exact. And they recorded an old 1949 country song by Ralph Mooney and Chuck Seals. It turned out to be a very big country hit for Ray Price in 1956, his first number one hit. Jerry Lee Lewis also recorded it. And reunited with the sisters on this recording is Vic Shane, who provides the backing orchestra and chorus. So here is this big hit for Ray Price, covered by the Andrew sisters, Crazy Arms. Oh 
arms. And that's quite a bit different uh, backing uh, by Vic Shane. Doesn't sound anything at all like the ones he was doing in the 40s on Decca for them. But that's going to change here because in October 1956, the sisters went into the studios to be re-recording their first album for Capitol, The Andrews Sisters and Hi-Fi. That was a continuing uh, series that Capitol started in 1954, uh, beginning with Betty Goodman and doing several of the big bands that they had under contract, and uh, now included the Andrews Sisters. So over several sessions, they recorded a selection of their past hits, again with Dick Shane, and Capitol was very pleased to be repackaging the sisters' old hits in a new package. The public wouldn't care that they weren't the original recordings, and the fidelity would be much better. So we're going to play one song from that album. I saw the uh, sisters originally recorded for Decca on September 10th, 1941. We did not include this tune uh, when we covered that period, for lack of time, but it was also recorded back then by Gene Krupa with Howard Delaney on vocal, by Harry James with Dick Hames on vocal. The tune, Rancho Pillow. Come true. <sighs> 
Well, it tripped back about 15 years for the sisters on that one, taking us back to the early 40s, their big hit recordings of that period. Well, turning the calendar to 1957, the girls recorded a tune written by Patty's husband, Walter Wessler. And backed by Billy May, the sisters tried for a more contemporary sound than their earlier hit recordings. The single didn't do much on the charts, but here it is, Give Me Back My Heart. Tommy. Here is The Song Is You. 
It's a 
one. Uh, too bad it didn't do better on the charts. Well, 1958, the sisters recorded their third and final album for Capitol, again with Billy May and his orchestra. And this album was titled The Roaring Twenties. Here's a tune from 1923, with lyrics by Lou Brown from George White's Scandals. Paul Whiteman popularized it in 1924, and Mick Crosby recorded a wonderful version in 1957 with Bob Scobie and his Frisco Jazz Band. Here the sisters take us back to Last Night on the Back Porch. Guitars, um, 
rhythm. Then have the guy sitting next to you turn me up. I'll turn you down in the intro. Don't do that. <coughs> well, it's way too loud for the voice. I'm try I was trying to think of something to fit together better. It goes real loud, and then the singing comes in soft. But wait a minute, but wait a minute, Voyle. Let the thing come loud. If it does come down soft, we've got a little shading there. Does the record have to be in one even keel? Okay, master, with Capitol came to an end. But 22 years after Dave Cap brought the sisters into the Decca Studios to record by mere piss to shame, he had to record for his new Cap label. But this revived association resulted in only one recording session and one single 45 issue. They recorded another tune by Lou Brown, who had been the lyricist for their big hit Don't Sit Under the Apple Tree, this tune was from 1933 and recorded by Ben Crosby that year. The orchestra is directed by Richard Wolfe. The tune is, I've got to pass your house to get to my house. 
December 1959 by the Austrian singer who went by the name Lolita. That recording, done in German, reached number five on the American pop charts in 1960. And the Andrews Sisters recording was very well received in England, as were covers by Petula Clark and Ann Shelton. Here the girls are backed by Bernard Ebbinghaus's orchestra. The tune is titled Sailor. Sailor! Come home from the sea. See, oh, my love is there beside you. 
kind of interesting to play the original version back to back with that. Uh, the sisters sound very much alike, but the background is quite different. Uh, personally, I prefer the uh, Jimmy Dorsey version, but uh, this was quite good for 1962. And their second album, which was also from 1962, was titled Great Golden Hits. And this brought back Vic Shane to direct the orchestra. And it included a Walter Wessler composition titled The Irish Twist. But it was actually a reworking of Scrub Me Mama with a Boogie Beat, the Don Ray tune that the sisters had recorded in late 1940. But with the civil rights movement in full swing, the original might have been considered a bit racist. I don't know. The new version also allowed them to cash in on the twist the latest dance craze, and they perform this regularly during their stage shows. So here we are from 1962, The Irish Twist. Well, the river Shannon's flowing throughout all the land. You can hear the sound of music, Sanofi and Grand. Is a carry pipers playing with the bass and guitar. Hey, the twisting in old Larry. Pretty kitty, kitty, Kelly is a twist in her toe Waiting for her lovey-dovey and off they both go They're romancing while they're dancing to the bass and guitar Hey, they're twisting in a larynx to the bar First the right foot is out, the left foot is back Then you wiggle at the hips like a happy jumping jack Twist it here, twist it there, you can twist it anywhere Sure, they're twisting it as well at the Dublin County Fair You see them throw the shamrock beneath every nose of contemporary tunes taken from the pop, rock, country, and ethnic fields. Don Schreiner led the orchestra, featured Gene Estes on vibraphone uh, sitting in the background, 
And here from that album is their version of Herbie Hancock's Watermelon Man, which was a big hit back then for Mongo Santa Maria. Watermelon Man. Watermelon man Watermelon man A, B, C, D, E, F, G H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P Q, U, R, S, T, U, V, X, Y, Z Watermelon man Watermelon Man, nineteen sixty-three. And finally, in nineteen sixty-four, the Andrews Sisters Greatest Hits Volume Two made its appearance. But this time with Alan Ferguson's orchestra backing them. Oddly enough, two of the songs included had never been recorded before by the sisters. But because they were part of their current act, they were encouraged to add them to the mix. One was You Are My Sunshine, while the other one, which we will play now, was a big K. Kaiser hit in 1939, Three Little Fishies. Three little fishies swam off a 
I could see how that tune would have been a big one uh, in their act uh, before a live audience. Uh, they would have eaten that one up beautifully. Well, also in 1964, the sisters recorded Great Country Hits, arranged by Billy Vaughn and Milt Rogers. And from that album, here's an old tune with a kind of interesting history. It dates back to 1912, but it was performed by Betty Hutton in a 1945 film, Incendiary Blonde. And it was a hit for Eddie Howard in 1947 and for Joe Stafford in 1949. The Chipmunks included it on their first album in 1959. But here we have the Andrews sisters with their version of Ragtime Cowboy Joe. Out in Arizona where the bad men are And the only friend to guide you is an evening star The roughest, toughest man by far Is Ragtime Cowboy Joe Got his name for singing to the cows and sheep Every night they say he sings a hurt to sleep In a bath so rich and deep Crooning so Fox picture, Hello Frisco, Hello. So it had quite the history behind it. Well, 1965, another album, The Andrew Sisters Go Hawaiian, arranged by Pete King. And here I'm going to take a song that was a big hit for both Bing Crosby and Elvis Presley, but obviously a generation apart between the two of them. Written by Leo Robin and Ralph Ranger, here is Blue Hawaii.
nice version of Blue Hawaii. That's a very favorite song of mine. I particularly like that in the Hawaiian genre. Well, the sisters, uh, they made another album for uh, Dot uh, of Sacred Music. They had done uh, some similar songs for Decca back in the late 40s also, which were issued on Decca's specialty label. And they continued with their very successful personal appearances, both on stage and on TV. But in October 1966, Laverne became ill and was diagnosed with cancer, very sadly. They continued to perform together until Laverne no longer could. But they did record one last album together in early 1967. And this album is titled Great Performers. It was arranged by Arnie Golan, Billy Vaughn, and Vic Shane. Laverne passed away on May 8th, 1967, before the album could be released. So it seems only appropriate to play from that album a Jim Reeves tune that was written by him and recorded by him at his final RCA recording session in 1964 before he died in a plane crash. Jim's recording stayed on the top of the country charts for three weeks in 1965. Here, it also serves as LaBurn's final recording and that of the Andrew Sisters as a trio. Is it really over? Is it really over? Is this the end of the line? Don't tell me I'm losing the love that was mine. If you're
Uh, Patty and Maxine later appeared in the Broadway musical Over Here, which was quite successful. But they split over the finances there, had a terrific fight, and uh, I think they never spoke to each other again after that. Maxine recorded a solo album in 1984, which is very nice. And she passed away in 1995. Patty survived till 2013, living till age 94. And with her passing, that marked the true end of an era. The Andrews sisters, but we've captured them, I think, pretty well in seven hours. We certainly have. And a couple of questions before we end, because I don't remember who sang which part. Obviously, Patty sang the melody singer, but there was also a baritone part and a bass part, pretty much. And I don't remember who sang which. <laughs> I have to think about that myself. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't remember which one. I always confused Maxine and Laverne. Yeah. When I'd see pictures of them, I had to look twice to remember which one was which. Uh, and I finally got that straight. But you're right. When when uh, Laverne got ill uh, and they performed as long as they could for a while, they got a third person, a younger gal, to fill her place on their uh, stage shows and their touring schedule. But that didn't last long. Uh, the sound might have been all right, but gosh, when, when you want to see the Andrew sisters, you want to see the sisters, not uh, somebody standing in for them. Yeah, yeah. That, so, uh, I, I think I'll... Last. I'll, I'll, I'll look, and if, I, if Wikipedia is to be believed, they probably have the answer. And, and the other question I had for you was, maybe you already knew this, and, but you didn't mention it, but John and I both picked up on it right away. Invitation to a Dance sounded very much like they were overdubbed. Yes, doesn't it? Yep, it very really much does. so. Yeah. And I thought, well... Uh, I, was surprised, I was surprised at that one. It, it sounded so totally out of kilter with everything else we've played, you know, in, in that respect. And no wonder it was loud. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was an odd uh, it was an odd session. Uh, I don't think that song was released at the time, and it uh, finally popped up uh, on a CD many years later, you know, uh, where they were throwing in a couple of uh, other uh, unissued Andrew Sisters tunes, and that was one of them. But it didn't sound like, to me, something that uh, really belonged out on the market. No, it was. no. And and as as I listened to them, as I listened to them again in in the seven part series, plus other things I've listened to, I, it reaffirms what I've thought for a long time, and in, in that they were the best in sync uh, trio that I have ever heard, especially with regard to the big bands. They were meticulously almost perfect. I don't know what that word actually means, but if it it, it was, they were very close. They were incredible. Oh, I think so. I, I, I just don't get tired of listening to them. No, no. Uh, I did not know these dot recordings, though. So, I didn't grow up with them. I didn't hear them. I didn't pay any attention to them at the time because I thought they were just a rehash of uh, of the originals. And why why go with a rehash? Why go with uh, why not go with the originals? So it wasn't until about three years, maybe four years ago uh, at best, that I realized, boy, I've got to check these out. And then I accumulated all of the uh, all of those LPs. And uh, found, hey, I liked them, and they were different, you know, uh, with the contemporary arrangements. Uh, while I prefer the originals, I thought I thought the dot recordings in general held up very well. They were very good. Uh, that, that one capital recording, no, not so much. But, no. Uh, but they had an interesting way about them in that I could usually tell in a younger-sounding recording their voices changed 
ever so slightly, but they they I think they knew that when they grew older, and they they were able to figure out what they needed to do to keep everything as it was back then. And even though their voices might have been just a little lower in terms of the resonance, maybe they still had that undefinable something that made them just so much fun to listen to. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. They really <laughs> I did. I can put them on any day of the week. And yeah. Be perfectly happy. Yep. And thank you, Perry Huntoon, for seven wonderful months from the Andrew Sisters. It really, really enjoyed that, and hopefully maybe we'll come back and revisit them again. Next week on Same Time, Same Station, we will hear Disney Part 4. So stay tuned for that, and thanks so much for joining us on Same Time, Same Station. <laughs>